I'm going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and I want to talk to you about the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and I want to talk to you about a very supernatural event that took place in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Now, when it says they were all together in one place, how many is that? What is it talking about? If you look back at Acts chapter 1, verse 15, it tells us this. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of the persons was in all about 120. Okay? So there were 120 now in one place, in one accord. Now, if you read through this in context, you understand that all of the writers of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you go on, all the writers of the New Testament were with Peter in one accord in this place. Okay? Are you with me? Now, it's interesting to note that right before the Holy Spirit is poured out, that there are 120 together in that place. Now, anytime the Bible mentions a number, it usually has significance. And we want to discover what that significance is. Here in the context of Scripture, we see that there are 120 in one place in one accord. They're in unity, which is essential. Okay, But there's 120. Why 120? The number 120 in the Bible signifies the end of all flesh. Okay, That's what the number represents in the Bible. We see this back in Genesis chapter 6 when God is dealing with Noah. And the Bible says this that I will not strive with man forever, but I will make an end of all flesh. Their days shall be 120 years, okay? So 120 years, that's what's allotted to you and I, okay? Now, I don't, how many of you guys know 120, 120-year-old? 120 Anybody? Okay, not a whole lot, but, okay, if you eat healthy, come on, so you exercise, okay? You do it right, you're guaranteed 120 years on that. Now, my mom, she's 75, Come on, she's probably the closest one to 120 right now in this room, okay? And I'm rooting for her. Come on, somebody. I want my mom to live to 120, all right? I think that would be cool. So we see this, that according to Genesis, that our time here on earth is allotted to 120, 120 years, okay? And God did not want to strive for man with ever. Why did God not want to strive? Matter of fact, the Bible says that, that God was a little upset that he created man. He said, I'm sorry that he even made man. They're wicked. They're perverse, okay? And so he sets this in motion. We also see this in other places in Scripture. We see this with Moses as Moses' life was broken up into three 40-year segments. He was 40 years in Egypt. He was 40 years with his father-in-law, and he was 40 years in the desert. 40 plus 40 plus 40 equals what? 120, okay? And so he was broken up into these 40-year into these 40, uh, 40 segments. We also see this in other places in Scripture. Uh, we see it with Jesus' life in the New Testament. When he was, he had three times when there were a 40-day segments of his life, where there was 40 days uh, of his circumcision. There was 40 days of his temptation. There was 40 days of the resurrection, where the Bible talks about how he went and visited people, okay, before he ascended. 40 plus 40 plus 40 equals what? 120, okay? 120 here signifies the ending, uh, signifies the ending of all flesh, but it also signifies this, the begin of the reign of the Spirit, okay? So there's 120 in unity together in one place, and watch what's about to happen. The Holy Spirit is about to be poured out for the first time. When the day of Pentecost arrived, and notice it was an appointed time, 
They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues of fire appeared to them. Wow. How many think that's a pretty supernatural thing? Okay. Now, the reality is that if that happened right now in this meeting, most of you would freak out and run out the door. Okay. But one thing I've learned as I read my Bible is that the New Testament believers in the Bible were a lot more open to the things of the Spirit than the believers today. Why is that? Because of different teachings. Because, man, it, it kind of weirds people out or, or whatever it is, and so we're a, little bit, we're a little bit sketchy on if that would happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh, there's fire on your head, you know? That would, you know, someone would run over and grab the extinguisher and try to put it out, okay? Thank God they didn't have those back then. But all of them, okay, the wind, the fire. The wind and the fire are both symbols and types in the Old Testament that represent the Holy Spirit. One is for the hearing, the wind. You can't see the wind, okay? But the Bible says he came like a mighty rushing wind, okay? The very word spirit, pneuma, blast of wind, blast of air, okay? And it touches the senses of the hearing. Also says fire. Fire in the Old Testament was a type and a shadow of the Holy Spirit coming in the New Testament. Are you with me today? You know, a lot of people, when they come to our church, they say this. They say, Ben, you know, um, I love the church. I love the church. I love the community. Um, but sometimes you're preaching. It's not that deep. Now, I know none of you have said that. Other people that are no longer here have said that. Okay. They said, you know, your, your preaching is not that deep. Listen to me. The reason we do that is because our services, ladies and gentlemen, uh, especially as we head into the sexual revolution campaign, we, we're, not, we're not here on Sunday morning to go deep. We're here on Sunday morning to help people understand Jesus practically come on and begin to grow in their faith. Are you with me this morning? Okay. But every once in a while we will do something like we're going to do this morning. We will walk through some scriptures and talk about some things. If you want to go deeper, okay, if you want to get more than just the Sunday morning fix, because I know some of you, it's like, it's like an addiction to you, all right? It's like caffeine in the morning. you got to go get your Starbucks, right? Sunday is like, i got to go get my church fix. Okay, I understand that. But if you want to go a little bit deeper, community groups are a great place for you to go deeper, okay? My mom is going to be actually teaching one. I'll just highlight hers this morning. There's a lot of great ones. But my mom's actually going to be teaching one on the tabernacle, okay? And how the tabernacle actually, it, what, it, what it meant back then and what it means for us today, okay? That's going deep. Also, we have uh, Urban School of Ministry, and we have made that more, more available this year than we did last year. We are going to be offering a class called Covenants on Wednesday nights, okay? And it's for a small fee to cover the costs as well as if you want accreditation for the class. And we are going to be doing Covenants on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 9.30. Yes, three hours, but you want to go deep, so get over it, all right? And we're going to begin to talk about the Covenants of the Bible. And so we do offer that here at Urban Church as I am this morning. Are you with me? Fire. Where do we see the fire? We see the fire a lot of places. We see the fire at the burning bush when Moses was approached by God. Y'all remember that story, okay? The bush is on fire, but yet it's not consumed. Then out of the bush, a voice begins to come. The voice of God begins to speak, okay? We also see the, 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 the cloud by day, the pillar of fire at night that led the children of Israel through the wilderness. So here now, this is in context to what they understood. They understood wind. They understood fire. They understood that Jesus said, hey, after I leave, I'm going to leave the, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, the helper, which we're going to read about today. And so they understood this, and so now here it comes, okay? Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit 
and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let me pray and we'll talk. God, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for your word that is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together that, God, your word would speak directly to us. Hallelujah, that our eyes would be opened up to the Scriptures. And, God, we would understand them more clearly. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Well, we've been on this journey, but today I want to conclude the journey in talking about the subject of tongues, as it says in Acts chapter 2. Now, I wrestled with this back and forth, back and forth, as most pastors do. Because if you're here for the first time today, and we're talking about tongues, it might be one of those things like, ooh, are they one of those churches? You don't have to sit and you're going to have to find out, okay? Um, now, all of a sudden, as I talk about tongues, all of a sudden, everything you've ever been taught about tongues, everything you've ever read about tongues is all of a sudden flooding back into your mind. And some of you are already sitting there like, I already know what I believe. Try to convince me different, okay? As I approach this subject today, it is my heart not to try to convince you any different. It is my heart to share with you the scriptures and to share with you why I believe the way I believe, okay? Okay? Now, as we're going through this today, if you don't believe the same way I believe, it's okay. You can still be a part of Urban Church, all right? This can still be your home. One thing I've learned as a pastor is that we can differ, uh, we can have differing opinions on certain things as long as we believe on the fundamentals, as long as we believe on the majors, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, okay? As long as we believe that Jesus really is the Son of God and did die on the cross for all of our sins, as long as we major on those things and we believe those things together, come on, we're going to be all right. Are you with me? So today, as I talk about this subject, there are opposing ideas, opposing thoughts, and maybe even opposing theologies. Now, yes, probably one group is right and one is wrong, but we'll never know until we get to heaven, okay? But here's something to understand as we talk about this today, is that even though one group in the end might be wrong and one right, listen, we don't know who that is. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, is that if I stand here today and I believe that every believer can speak in tongues, that does not make me a heretic because a vast majority of the evangelical world believes the same way I do, okay? But if you sit here today and you say, well, I don't believe that every believer can speak in tongues. I believe it's one of the gifts that the Spirit brings as he wills. That does not make you a heretic because you believe about what half the evangelical world believes. Are you with me, okay? So you can still come to church if you don't believe the same way I do. Are you with me? All right, good. So let's talk then about the subject of tongues. Now, let me give you some background before I jump into it, okay? I do speak in tongues, okay? I, I speak in the Holy Spirit. I pray in the Holy Spirit. I, I speak in tongues. Now, here in the chapter that we read in Acts, it says they were filled. Other places will say baptized. Some, some, some places in Acts will say the Holy Spirit was poured out upon. All of them have a little bit of a different meaning, but really bring us to the same point, okay? And so if I use the word filled, baptized, poured out upon, for the context of our conversation today, I'm talking about the same thing, even though the words might be a little bit different, okay? I speak in tongues. My wife speaks in tongues. My oldest daughter has spoken in tongues. My mom speaks in tongues. Matter of fact, I was eight years old, and my mom prayed for me, and I, I, I received tongues and I, about the age of eight. Uh, my dad spoke in tongues. All three of my brothers speak in tongues. All their wives speak in tongues. Uh, my, 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 all my uncles speak in tongues. My whole family, pretty much. We just, remember, when we get together and have family conversations, we just do it in tongues. No, I'm just kidding. 
Yeah, you should see family reunions at our place. No, I'm just kidding. That doesn't happen. But we all, we all speak in tongues. Now, the, the vast majority of the people at the churches I've been a part of all spoke in tongues. Okay. And so I have to step back and I look at this, this subject of tongues. And I have to ask myself this question. Did God give all of my family a specific gift? Are you with me? That that was all, we just happened to be in the same family. We all got the same gift. Okay. Or could it be that when we look at the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues, that when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us, the initial evidence is that we speak in tongues. Okay? So you, you follow my train of thought here. Okay? So I look at my circumstances, but then I take my circumstances to the Bible and say, wait a second now, what does the Bible have to say about this? And I have to go, and the rule of thumb when you're studying anything, especially the Bible, is you have to go to the first place it was mentioned, which is Acts chapter 2. This is the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and this is the only situation in which they tarried and waited for it, okay? But they did that, and when the Holy Spirit came, okay, the wind came, the fire came, and they spoke with new tongues first. So I go back, and I look at the original. I say, wow, okay, this happened to them. That was the first so could it be that the way he did it then is the same way he's doing it today? Are you with me? Okay. So this is me looking at it through my filter. As a, now, all of the writers of the New Testament spoke in tongues. Paul said this, I wish you all spoke in tongues, which would get me to believe that if he wishes we all could, then maybe we all can when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us. Now, where, where, this, where, where, where the kind of the divide happens, and, and really, you know, it, once again, it's okay if there's a little bit of a divide on this. We just need to major on the majors, which is the cross. But I want to talk about this today because I've been asked a lot, especially in our supernatural series about tongues. Some people will come to our pre-service prayer time, and they might hear somebody speaking in tongues. They might say, wait a second, is that okay to do? Shouldn't they have an interpreter? We'll talk about that a little bit today. The way I see it in Scripture and the way I believe it to be is that there is a difference between the gift of tongues, as in 1 Corinthians 12, okay, which is for edification of the whole church. 1 Corinthians 12 says this, that these gifts are given for the edification of all, the building up of the church. Okay, So we see that, man, that is a public ministry, much like the prophetic gift or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Okay, And so we see that. So that's the gift of tongues in 1 Corinthians 12, where there is... The sign of tongues as the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us. It's kind of like this. As a believer, we all have faith. Correct? All right. We all have faith. Matter of fact, the Bible says that, that we're saved by grace through faith. That everyone's been given a measure of faith. So we, as believers, we all have faith. Maybe our measures are a little bit different, but we all have faith. But not all of us have the gift of faith as it talks about in 1 Corinthians 12. But we all have faith. Okay? Now, how many of you guys think that you have some wisdom? Not very many of you. Okay. Now, I'm just dumb as a brick, man. I don't know nothing, you know. Okay. So, you know, you, you have wisdom, all right? Well, as, as, as people, as believers, we have wisdom, okay? But not all of us have the gift of wisdom, okay? I believe I could be wrong, but I believe, according to Scripture, that when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us as believers, filled, baptized, whatever you want to call it, as the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us, that the initial sign, not the only sign, 
Because it says they will speak the word with boldness, but the initial sign is the same as it was in Acts chapter 2, and that we will speak with tongues. Now listen, I am not saying this, that if you don't speak in tongues, that you're not going to go to heaven, that you're not saved. It's not what I'm saying, okay? We're talking about the subject of tongues, okay? So this is the way I see it. Uh, the writers of the New Testament spoke with tongues. The initial outpouring of the Spirit, uh, everyone, everyone, the Bible says, that was there spoke in tongues, okay? Now, if we had enough time, we could go back to the, to the first tongues, which is actually in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11 says that they had one language, and they were unified, and they were ready to build something. Were they ready to build the kingdom of God? No. They wanted to build a tower for themselves that reached heaven pretty cool thing, right? No. It went directly against what God wanted them to do, which was be fruitful, multiply, and fill the whole earth. Their exact words were this, let us build a tower and stay here lest we be scattered abroad the face of the earth. God looks down as unhappy with that because his plan was fill the whole earth, be fruitful, multiply. So what does he do? He gives the first tongues. And in Genesis chapter 11, he divides them into nations by giving them tongues. Now listen, these were unknown tongues. They had never spoken in these languages before, but yet God gave it to them, okay? So now listen to me. If God gave every nation then a tongue to separate them, why couldn't God now give us a tongue to unify us? They were all together in one place, in one accord, in unity. The Holy Spirit came, okay? A lot of theologians believe that what was taking place was at that moment in Acts chapter 2, God, by the Holy Spirit, was reversing the Tower of Babel and bringing them back to one unified spirit, okay? Then we see in Revelations, when we get to heaven, I, I reference it this morning, in Revelations 5, hopefully you're writing down some notes or at least you're thinking, Revelations 5, chapter 5 and chapter, I know I'm talking fast, but I don't got much time. Chapter 5 and chapter 7, that every nation, every people group is represented, but they have one language, worthy, worthy, Worthy is the Lamb. How is it that they all spoke that? Well, they're in heaven now. I don't know. We'll know when we get there, okay? But here we see that, that the first outpouring, okay? Now, now, others believe that it's just the gift. And if you believe that, that's fine, okay? I'm just telling you where I come from and why I come from this. Here's something we need to understand. The Bible says that we're the clay and he's the potter. He's the one that's, that's molding us and making us. Here's the thing. I'm just another chunk of clay like you, okay? I might be a bigger chunk. I'm 6'6", six, six, kind of buff, whatever, okay? So I'm a, I'm a different cut of clay, but I'm clay just like you. And so as clay, I'm just doing the best I can to describe to other pieces of clay the potter to you. Are you with me? And so, you know what? When we get to heaven, please don't stick your, your finger in my face like, <laughs> you were wrong, okay? Because you'll probably end up in hell if you do that. So, um, so just, just don't do that. Be nice, okay? Be nice, because I won't do it to you if I'm right, okay? <laughs> I might do it. I shouldn't say that. Shouldn't say that. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. If you look at verses like 18 through, which we'll end up reading them here in just a minute. Uh, but it says this, that believers in my name, they will do several things. Four of them. One of them is they will speak with new tongues. Now, we're going to read that in just a minute. We're going to see that it doesn't say some believers. It actually uses plural terms, they. Okay? We're going to see that in just a minute. So this is why I believe what I believe 
Um, and here's the thing. Please don't freak out today. Now, if you're a visitor, I know this isn't necessarily the Sunday I wanted you to come to, okay? Um, but thank you for coming anyway, all right? But here's the thing. Please don't freak out and think, oh, he's weird. No, I'm not. I'm just like half the evangelical world, okay? And I don't think you're weird for believing otherwise, okay? So let's look at a couple verses, if we could, uh, to bring uh, us to a conclusion today of why I believe the way I believe. Turn in your Bible to John chapter 7, verse 37. And we're going to do a little follow the bouncing ball uh, and, and look at some scriptures today. Is that okay? You're at church, so looking at the scriptures are good. Okay. Now, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. You can write that down, as well as in 1 Corinthians 14, 2. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1, he said this, Sometimes I speak with the tongues of men, and sometimes I speak with the tongues of angels. Okay? And then in verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 2, he said, when I, when I pray or speak in tongues, I am speaking mysteries that only God understands. Here's what I believe as I look at these scriptures, okay? Because sometimes when we speak in tongues, it is actually a known language, not known to me as the speaker, but known to somebody else around the world. Where do we see that? Well, we see it right in Acts chapter 2 as we continue to read on. We see that every nation once again was represented there, and they all heard them speaking in their own language. What was that? The speakers were speaking an unknown language to them, but it was known to the hearers. Are you with me? And so they were speaking in their languages. But Paul also references the the tongues of angels or their mysteries, and only the Spirit can understand them. So I believe that, that, that Here's, here's what I believe, okay? Are you ready for this? Are you, are you sure? Okay. And to really bring the point home, I'm just going to do the rest of the message in tongues. Are you ready? Just kidding. We know that if I do that, there needs to be an interpreter. Okay. Just freaking some people out. It's okay. All right. I believe that the gift of tongues in 1 Corinthians 12 is that specific gift that either operates in that way where um, and I've heard of this happening, it's never happened to me, where somebody might be in another nation and they actually begin to speak that native tongue, okay? And in this case, the person hearing it ends up being the interpreter because they understand the language that's being spoke. I've actually had a friend that this happened to. They were praying, they were actually thought they were just praying in the spirit and they were pacing up here and it was altar time and all of a sudden this lady started weeping and as she was weeping, the guy kind of stopped and looked, and she came running up, and she started speaking in, in her dialect. And he's like, I don't know what you're saying, you know. And, and what she was saying was, you were just talking about my daughter, and you were declaring healing over my daughter of this, 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 this. They had to have an interpreter interpret this whole thing. Uh, praying over my daughter, uh, healing for this, 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 and you were praying in my language. Wow. Okay. Now, that was the gift of tongues, ladies and gentlemen. In operation, she ends up being the interpreter. Okay. Other times this gift, though, might come, and once again, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says it's for the edification of all, for the body, okay, for the church, the building up of the church, and so if someone was to come and have, uh, you know, the gift of tongues and give a word in tongues, it needs to be followed by an interpreter, okay, so that way it edifies and builds up the body. Are you with me, okay? Now, as it talks here, or as I believe, because Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 14, and he makes this statement. He says, if you speak in tongues, you edify your south. But if you prophesy, you do it for the good of all. Well, wait a second. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul wrote that these gifts were the edification and the building up of the church, the building up of all. Is Paul contradicting himself in 1 Corinthians 14? No, I don't believe he is. 
I believe what was taking place is the Holy Spirit was being poured out upon people. And we knew it was being poured out upon people because they were speaking in tongues. And now because they're being poured out upon and they're speaking in tongues, Paul now had to come and bring some balance and say, look, what's happening here is yes, so many men are receiving the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in tongues. But here's the deal. What you're doing, that's for your edification and for your building up. Okay? Okay, that's different than what I was talking about over here. So this, man, man, do that. That's going to build you up personally. But if you really want to build up the church, come on, it needs to be in a known language. Are you with me now? Use the prophetic gift and begin to build them up and begin to encourage them. Okay, now let's go. John 7, 37. Let's walk through this uh, very quickly. Why I believe what I believe. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Okay. All right. John 7, 37. A lot of pastors will not speak on this and uh, will avoid it. But once again, because I've been asked so much, I thought I would share with you today as we conclude our supernatural series because it is a very supernatural event. John 7, 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, if we read on, verse 39 says this, Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this outpouring, what is it? It's the Spirit. How do we know we receive the Spirit? Let's move on. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 14, verse 16. John chapter 14, verse 16. Let me just start in verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask as the Father, I ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, capital H, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. Speaking of the same one the last verse spoke of. Speaking of the Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now go with me to John 14, verse 26. Just drop down a little bit. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Come on, how many can use that on your next exam right there? All right. You know, just, just remember that on your next test. All right. He's going to bring all things to your remembrance. This is the Helper. Who is the Helper? It says it again. The Holy Spirit. Spirit. Now turn to John 15, 26. John 15, 26. And it says this, but when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Okay, what's the job of the Holy Spirit? This is the coolest part ever. Everything the Holy Spirit does in our lives, working on the earth, points to Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Points to the cross of Jesus. And what does the cross of Jesus point to? It points to God the Father. 
It's awesome. So here's the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Here's the Holy Spirit working on, on the earth. What does he want to do? He wants to drive everybody to the cross. So all these gifts that, that we talked about last week, why are they working in us? They're working, yes, for the, for the edification, the building up of the church. What's the job of the church? The job of the church is not to gather more numbers. The job of the church is to point people to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And as they go to the cross, they'll discover God the Father. And here Jesus makes that claim. It's going to point to me, okay? Now go with me to John 16, 7 through 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Wait a second. Jesus, all the miracles, everything you've done. We thought you were the one that was going to sit on the throne of David and reign forever. Why are you leaving? It's to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away. The ho- if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness of the judgment that is to come. Drop down to verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Here are all the promises Jesus made about the Holy Spirit, the helper, the one that's going to come. And so now they're anticipating. Now they're waiting. Now go to Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Here's Jesus again making one last promise before he ascends telling them this last command. Verse 5, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Wow. Verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, in the end of the earth. Here's the promises. He is coming. This is what's going to happen. Jesus goes up to heaven. Okay? So what do they do? Man, they go and they wait for the Holy Spirit. Okay? Acts chapter 2. We read it earlier. Here they are. One place, one accord. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire. These were symbols and types they understood, appeared to them, and rested on each one of them. Now listen to what happened. How did they know that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them? Did they prophesy? No. Did they get a word of knowledge? No. Did they get a word of wisdom? No. How did they know that that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them? They knew that because they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Why do I believe that this is the sign of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, the outpouring? Because it says right here in Scripture, first mentioned principle. They knew they received it because they spoke with their tongues. Are you with me? Are you following the logic that I'm presenting to you today? No. Okay. Now, here's the thing. If you want to send me emails, feel free. Um, but don't, 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 don't send me emails this week, you know, trying to debate the point. Listen, I'm not here to debate the point. I'm just here to share with you as a pastor why I believe what I believe. And I've heard all the points, okay? Acts chapter 2. Go to verse 38. 
Because here's the thing. I speak in tongues, okay? Some people actually argue that tongues aren't for today. But that makes me a weirdo then. And I choose to believe I'm not weird. Thank you. <laughs> Acts 2, verse 38. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Why is he saying this? Because people are like, wow, how are all these people speaking, you know, in, in our language, yet they don't know our language. What in the world's happening? And, and, you know, and Peter stands up, preaches this, you know, really good message, and said, this is what Joel prophesied, you know, in the last days, the Holy Spirit pour himself out and goes through this whole sermon. Now people, the Bible says, are pierced to the heart. What must we do to be saved? And Peter says this, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your Children, and for all who are afar off. It does not say the gift is for a select few. It says for all. And then it just keeps going on. For your children, for all. For all who are afar off. Okay? Are you with me? Acts chapter 4. Now let's just look and see what happens now in Acts chapter 4. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. What happens? They, the place they prayed was shaken. Uh, they were filled with the Spirit and they began to speak with boldness. This is actually a reference to a, because um, the Bible says uh, in Ephesians, to be continually filled with the Spirit. This is actually a second filling for them. And now they begin to speak with boldness because it says they continued to speak with bold, the Word of God with boldness. These people are already back here filled with. Turn with me now to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, this is a good one. The Bible's always good, but Acts chapter 10, verse 44, I'm going to cruise because we've got to get done. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the, uh, the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. Well, how did they know it was poured out? Verse 46, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues. How did they know? They were, I mean, they knew because right there, it tells us they were speaking in tongues and extolling God. Now go with me to chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 14. It's quiet here today. I need to do a rah-rah, re-kick-me-in-the-knee message next week, all right? Acts chapter 8, verse 14. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who had come down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they believed they were followers, they had been baptized, but there was something more. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given to them, through the laying out of hands. Now listen, Simon the sorcerer, this was a guy that was well known. Man, he did some pretty cool tricks, some pretty cool magics. Like people followed him. He was so blown away by what he saw that he said, hey, I want to be able to do that too. Give me this power also, verse 19, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you, you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. What does he need to do? Go on to verse 22. He needs to repent. Okay? Now, what did he see? What happened in that context that he was like, whoa, I want to be able to do that. I mean, this guy was doing major cool stuff, but he wanted to do that. Well, if you actually study this out, and where, where Peter says you have no lot in this matter, the word matter in the original Greek is logos. The word logos means something spoken or something 
said. So in other words, Peter was saying this. You have neither part nor portion in what they were saying. Are you with me? Don't believe me? Go study it later. Circle matter. Go study it on the Greek. It's logos. Something spoken. Something said. So in other words, Simon saw and heard them say something different and was like, wow, that's amazing. I want to be able to do that. Now go with me. Yes, I got a few more verses. Now go with me. We're almost done. To Acts chapter 19, verse 2. Are you all right with this this morning? Acts chapter 19. Now, all the, all the deep theological people are like, dude, can you, can you do that more often? And just, no. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, listen to what it said. And they said, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. That's how they said it, too. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. Paul said, ah, John baptized. Are you with me? You can hear him saying it. John baptized with the baptism of repentance. Good job. Telling the people to believe in the one who has come after him. That is Jesus. You're saved. You're a Christian. Gold star. On hearing this. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to what? Dance? Oh, they began to speak in tongues. Wow. Okay, now go with me. There's another verse I'm going to give you. Mark chapter 16. Two more verses. Two more verses. Mark chapter 16. Now, I know some of you are out there, and you come from a different background and that is fine and you're probably sitting there saying well he's just taking all the scriptures to try to prove his point well yes i am okay um to a certain degree because this is what i believe okay and so here's why i believe what i believe and this is what i see in scripture mark chapter 16 verse 16 whoever that's a pretty broad statement whoever believes and is baptized will be saved that's whoever Okay, that's not the select few who believe. No, it's whoever. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those, plural, who believe in my name. They, plural, will cast out demons. They, plural, will speak in new tongues. Who is that for? Everyone who believes. Okay, last verse, I think. Turn to Luke 11. Luke 11, verse 9. I lied. I might have a couple more. No, we'll stop here. Luke 11, verse 9. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. Verse 13. If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Wow. So all I have to do is ask. Now, let me just go to the other side for a minute. Paul said this, 
earnestly desire the gifts, plural, so all of them in 1 Corinthians 12, earnestly desire the gifts, especially that you might prophesy. But it does say earnestly desire all of the gifts. Could it be that I was raised in a church where this was so ingrained in me that I earnestly desired the gift of tongues? And because the people I went with to church with, they also, because, hey, everyone could speak it, we all earnestly desired it. And therefore, we all happened to get it. Could it be? Yes, it could be. But I personally believe, as I look through all of these scriptures today with you, that the evidence, the first evidence of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on a believer's life is that they speak with new tongues. Having heard that, I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to pray. We're going to close. And I'm going to ask this today. Okay? If you are here this morning and you say, you know what? Wow. I, I, went, with, I went through the scriptures with you. And I, I would like to receive that. Listen, as we looked at in the book of Acts, sometimes the Holy Spirit fell on them. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. It just, boom. Okay? Sometimes it happened as someone laid hands on them. Okay? It can happen different ways. So if someone prays for you this morning, if you're here this morning, you say, wow, like I'm reading that, and I really, I, I really want to be filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and I would love to have that heavenly language. Okay? I know some of you are kind of like, okay, oh, Okay, we're going to go check out a different church next week, okay? That's fine, okay? I'm just telling you as a pastor what I believe, okay? And I showed you scripturally why I believe it, so I'm not in heresy. Thank you, okay? Now, if you're here today, and, you know, you're not weird. We're in the Supernatural series, but you're like, you know what? I've been sensing. I mean, I love Jesus. I'm saved, and I see the scriptures. I've actually come across those before, but no one's taking time to explain them to me, and I'm here, but I just feel like there's, there, there is something more. And I, want, I want whatever that is. And if this is it, then I, I, could you pray for me, Pastor, if that's you? In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to come. We're going to pray for you. And I believe as you come in faith, listen to me. The key to, to receiving anything in the kingdom of God is faith. Saved by grace through faith. It's the very point in which we access. He who comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently. And so if you're here today. Okay? Maybe you want to take these scriptures and go back and examine them for yourself some more. That's fine. Maybe you're here today and you will never see things the way I do. That's fine. Please come. Be a part of this church. Be actively involved in this church. Be on the ministry team at this church. You don't have to speak in tongues to be on the ministry team at this church. I've been a part of other churches where they were so adamant, like, are you bad? No, you can't. Sorry. We're not that church. If you don't, if you don't pray, that's fine. Because I'm just clay trying to explain the potter to you, and I could be wrong in the end. Okay? But if you're here today, and you would say, you know what, man, I, I believe that there's something more, and this might be it. Would you pray? For, I want to pray for you today. And I believe as I do in faith that you're going to receive the baptism, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and you're going to speak in new tongues. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is absolutely fantastic. And God, I pray that, Lord, that you would take the scriptures, God, and, and this week even, Lord, that, that people would examine them more. And that maybe even the quietness of their, own, of their own study time, God, they would look at these scriptures and just study them out on their own and ask with all sincerity. God, I pray for those that may be wrestling with this, that, God, they would continue to wrestle with it until you give them an answer. God, I pray for others, Lord, that are here this morning and they're feeling like, you know what? I don't know if this is it, but I just know that I need more in my Christian walk. 
that they would respond today in faith and we would have an opportunity to pray for them and they would receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and they would begin to speak in a heavenly language.